Huge, huge game for Alabama this weekend. So what are the key matchups? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him, as always. Uh, Jimmy. Big time monster game this weekend. I think Alabama's playing Texas A&M. I think they are. And um, just a this. The more I think about it, the more huger this game gets. Um, just it, and I'm what I'm worried about is the key matchups. And the key matchup to me is going to be their defensive line against their offensive line. That seems so obvious. I would love to be. Uh, more nuanced and say, you know, it's our right guard against their nose tackle or whatever. But uh, that wouldn't be a good matchup. That would be an odd matchup. Um, I would love to say something like that, but I really do think it's all about the trenches when they're on defense and we're on offense. And the more I think about this, the scarier it is, unless unless Jalen Milrow can handle the pressure early. And if he can handle the pressure early, make a couple of passes to get them second-guessing, I sort of like where this thing could be headed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, this isn't a matchup like the 2021 SEC championship game. It's not, it's not that. I, I don't like that analogy at all. But in terms of this specific matchup, the Alabama offensive line versus the Texas A&M defensive line, I think that part of the analogy works. And by that, I mean, I think we all remember – the 2021 Alabama offensive line, which wasn't good. It wasn't good all season long and, and, and seemed to have almost its worst performances at the end. And then they had to play Georgia, the best defensive line in the country at the SEC championship game. And we got like so worried about, gosh, that, that matchup's going to kill us. Alabama's got no chance because we'll never get that defensive line block. And somehow, some way they did. And it was one of, frankly, heroic, a heroic performance by the 2021 Alabama offensive line uh, won that game. I think I think in, in that sense, this is similar. But one thing, Luke, I don't know that this A&M defensive line is quite as good as that Georgia defensive line, which basically was four first-round picks. It might be. It's in the ballpark. But I think this Alabama offensive line is better. This is going to develop into a good offensive line. I still feel that's the case. They're going to be good. Look, you got Latham, you got Proctor, you got Tyler Booker, who may be the best offensive lineman in this whole league. I mean, that's how good that kid is. And I think that in and of itself is a better matchup uh, than that 21 thing. So it is the matchup everybody's going to be looking to toward Luke. I mean, you're exactly right in terms of if you're an Alabama fan, what are you worried about? Uh, if you're analyzing the game, where do you start? I think you do start with AM strength, that defensive line, matching up with a perceived weakness of Alabama's. But that weakness of Alabama's, I think, Luke, is turning the corner into a team strength. Have they turned the corner enough to, to win this matchup? Uh, I guess we're going to find out, but it is critical. Yeah, we'll probably do our prediction show tomorrow. Um, you know, here's – I had a thought about this. I wish Alabama had one more game before A&M. I wish Arkansas yeah. and a you know, I kind of wish Arkansas and A&M were flip-flopped. Um, yeah. 
it, I, I think it. that would that would really have helped this team gel. Um, but having said that, if you play A and M just at A and M before you welcome Tennessee, I mean that that could be dicey too. Um, you know, this whole year I was thinking that the the toughest stretch was going to be this Arkansas, uh, excuse me, A and M, Arkansas, then Tennessee. Um, now I'm wondering if it could be LSU and Kentucky, but because Arkansas has really sort of fallen on hard times, Tennessee's been okay, but they just lost Brew McCoy for the year. Um, regardless, coming back to this, I, I really do wish we had one more game yeah. to get just a little more time to gel. But you know, here's the positive: if we can go in there and win, and it sounds weird to say that that like if we can go in there and win, I mean that's a place mm-hmm. we've had a lot of success. Um, if we can go in there and win, I, I'll feel good the rest of the year. I, I mean, I feel like okay, we're we're you know heading the schedules. For, uh, the schedule's so tough. I don't I don't know that I'll go that far, but because the schedule's so tough. But I agree with you that if Alabama can win at A and M, there isn't a game on the schedule they cannot win. I mean, I, I I think of all the remaining games, this is probably the toughest one to win. It's on the road against a good team. This is ultimately where I'm I'm framing it in terms of how I'm going to predict the outcome, Luke, is I think Texas in week two was a huge test. And me and you talked all summer, uh, not that we're saying that we predicted all summer Alabama would lose that game to Texas, but what we did say is Texas is a huge test, and it's a good question as to whether Alabama will be ready, mostly due to the quarterback. I mean, is Alabama's quarterback going to be ready to beat Texas in week two? And we found out the answer was no. And it wasn't Jalen Milrow's fault. I mean, the team got beat. The team could have done better. It wasn't just Jalen by any means. Gave up 34 points. Um, But Alabama, with their young offensive line and their young quarterback, Alabama wasn't ready to beat Texas in week two. Now, are they ready to beat Texas A&M in week six? I think it's almost a similar question. To me, it's not can they. Of course they can win the game. It's are they ready? Is Milrow ready to win this game? Is the offensive line good enough yet to win this game? Uh, we'll we'll find out. Texas, they weren't ready. I, I think it's week six, and they are ready and will be ready. And uh, I feel a little bit better about that game this week for that reason. They're just more ready than they were against Texas. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about the unknown of this? I, see – there's part of me that's a little excited that I don't know the outcome, you know, even, okay. Um, the, the, I, I felt so confident in every game, no matter who it was, you know, and even if we lost, it wasn't like I was despondent. I was always like, okay, I mean, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be back. We're, I'm not worried about it. I mean, you know, I was there in Levi stadium. We got blown out to Clemson. I, I wasn't super worried about it. I was uh, there at Texas A&M last time we went and lost. And I wasn't super worried about it. That team went on to win an SEC championship, by the way, and play for the Maddie. Um, you know, I've been there for a lot. I was there for the game of the century in LSU. And uh, that's probably the last time I went into a game, honestly. And I, I felt like I had, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like I was, I, like I wasn't confident. So there's part of me that's a little excited to be uh, excited. You know, I mean, I'm, you're always excited for college football, especially Alabama. But my point is that when you think you're going to win all the time and you have, a, as we have said, a necessary arrogance, um, 
then you, when that's taken away from you, there is the excitement of, oh man, I hope we're ready. I hope we're ready. I hope we're ready. And like the, the, the excitement of the unknown, you know, um, and there's the fear of the unknown, but I'm saying like, it feels good to anticipate this without feeling cocky. Yeah. Well, I certainly don't feel cocky about it. I certainly don't feel like I, you know, I almost wish I was one of those Alabama fans that doesn't think this is a big deal. No, it's a huge I wish. <laughs> it's it's absolutely. We're only favored by like three and a half points. That that's Two practically an under. That's that's really an underdog. Per, per Alabama <laughs> standards, we're an underdog in this game. Uh, man, and A and M's a good team. Look look what happened last year. We we beat them by what? We beat them by one play at the end, and then the year before that, they beat us, and our quarterback was Bryce Young, uh, and they still yeah. beat us. So any Alabama fan that feels great about this. I guess I need to switch from uh, from from this this light beer that I often drink to whatever it is that you're taking. If you if you just feel great about this matchup, uh, yeah. If you feel great about this matchup, then uh, man, I, I I envy you to a degree. But I'm I'm excited to be excited. You're probably again. on the heroin. <laughs> when we get back, Jimmy, we're going to talk about some uh, comments that Anaya Smith made, and then a retort that our own Terry on Arnold had. So we'll talk about that when we come back right now to tell you about bird dogs, bird dogs, make you look good. They do bird dogs, stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Trust me on this. I have Lululemon. I have bird dogs. I wear my bird dogs a lot more. My Lululemon cost more. So uh, Lululemon shorts, Rochelle, y'all uh, on eBay. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion. You can take them on a date. You can take them uh, just to chill out. You can take them to the pool, take them to do whatever you want. Take them to work. I've worn them to work before, promise you. Um, look, these things are awesome. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, Jimmy, Anaya Smith, uh, and by the way, I, I'm going to say I'm guilty of this. I had no idea Anaya Smith was the brother of Maury Smith, who was at Alabama, who ultimately transferred to Georgia, who will always live forever in my heart as a hero because he returned an interception for a touchdown against Auburn, I think, in 2016, which led to them beating Auburn 13-7 to in one of the most uh, awful games there ever was. But, uh, you know, Maury Smith, thumbs up from me. Also didn't know that the relationship between Alabama and Maurice Smith was apparently that bad. I, I mean, yeah, I knew Alabama 
was not necessarily in favor of his transferring to Georgia, but I kind of get where Alabama's coming from on that. Now, the times have changed. Everybody's going to go to everywhere and do all these things. But um, for Anaya Smith to hold a grudge that long seems a bit over the top, but whatever. And then Terry on Arnold comes back and is like, I, you know, whatever. I mean, he, he, he had some things to say, but it, it's sort of like they're not really worried about that. Well, Alabama, I think almost famously, Luke, uh, they get fired up and they get, they feel disrespected or they feel like something, something's been said that, that really irked them. And, and, and I get the feeling they're using this as some sort of fuel. I don't really get it myself because it's not too, it's not too controversial to me in terms of Maurice, I mean, uh, Anaya Smith's comments and Terry, it's not too controversial to me. But I remember years ago, Van, some some poor Vanderbilt lineman, after they upset Kansas State, which was a good win for them, said something like, "Well, Alabama's gonna Alabama's getting a real game now." Or you're he, next, he said, Alabama. You're next. You're next. That's all he said. It wasn't like, "Oh, Alabama's overrated," or "We're gonna beat their butt," or it wasn't over the top. But boy, the whole football team. They played so angry against Vanderbilt, uh, and, and a lot of it, you know, the, the the bad feeling was due to those comments, and it was so innocuous. But I think this is also the beauty of Nick Saban. It, you know, the Alabama will take these innocuous comments, and I think it's just going to – there will be more fuel to Alabama on Saturday over this. Is it logical? No. Does it make any real sense? No. But will it? Yes. Yes. Uh and, and of course, Terion, uh, you know, he's so good with the media. You know, Terion also he's had great. great. Oh, Terion's one of it. Terion, Terion and Tyler Booker both. I mean, they're they're just so good. They're pros, you know. And uh, yeah, Terion also uh, talked a, a lot this week about uh, Nick Saban. You know, when he coaches them hard, as Terion put it, which means the yelling and the screaming during the games. Uh, he handled that so well. And uh, what a mature kid. You know, we have several. Guys, Luke, I think we all know right now, this wasn't a topic we plan to talk about today, but I think we know as we sit here that Dallas Turner and J.C. Latham and Kool-Aid McKinstry, who are all true juniors, I think we know they're going to enter the draft. I mean, I think anyone can predict that. Uh, Beyond those three, though, there will be lots of kids with interesting decisions to make, and Terrion Arnold's one of those guys. Uh, He could – I think as the season progresses, he could be a guy that's in a position to enter the draft early. Uh, I hope he doesn't because I want Terry and Arnold to play here forever. Uh, but I understand if he believes he will go in the first round, I, I would understand it. But Terry on's just one of those guys. Deontay Lawson, that's another guy. Interesting decision. Has he accomplished enough in college? You know, uh, that makes an interesting decision for me. Uh, there's others. Uh, we can name as well maybe Ja'Cory Brooks, who's not having a good season at all, but the NFL is interested in him. Uh, I think that's that's a guy with a decision to make. To say nothing of the COVID seniors who could elect a, a, a fifth or sixth year, uh, like a Jermaine Burton, you know, uh, who everybody, you know, J- Jermaine Burton would have a COVID year. Would he come back? So whenever I think of Terry on, I think of that, Luke, because – there will be so many players on Alabama's team with a very interesting stay or go decision when the season's over. You know, I, that, that Vandy game is, is an all timer. That was 2017 and the, 
you know, Bama, you're next. Uh, I, I remember everybody goes, like, as soon as he said it, even the reporter looked at him like, why? Why would you do this? And I went to that game, and it was blazing hot. And um, it was m- many more Alabama fans than Vanderbilt fans. And that was also the game when Tua had uh, – he had a big-time couple of passes, and, and, like, Gary Danielson was like, oh, my God. And then that's the one where he had the spin around, and he hits Devontae right. Smith for a touchdown. Um, and if what's weird about that game, we punted on the first drive. Like, and soon as we punted, I was like, oh, man. I mean, I, I thought we were going to come out. And then it was just – it was on, like, Donkey Kong from that point. That was the only punt that day. I, it, hey, speaking of punts, moment, I'm going to look this up. Somebody told me this the other day, and I can't believe it. I'm going to look it up. I be, well, I do believe it. But it's, it's it, James Burnup is averaging more yards per punt this season than J.K. Scott ever did in his career at Alabama. What? Somebody told me that. I know. I'm going to look it up because I, uh, on the don't one look hand, it up. I'm let's like, just go with I, it. <laughs> on the one hand, I just don't believe it. But on the other hand, I believe it enough to the point I'm going to look it up, and I'm not going to be shocked if it's true. Burnup's killing the ball. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, he's 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 like bucking for all SEC. He really is. And it's not just uh, the length of the punts; they're super high. They're unreturnable. Yeah. They're, they're, it's not like because sometimes. Hey, look, uh, we've talked about this before on the show. Look, the distance of a punt is overrated. It doesn't matter. It's so overrated because you could punt at 60 yards, but if it's a low line drive, it might be a touchdown for the other team. Punts have to be high. They have to be. That's number one. If you punt at sky high, only 35 yards, fine. If it's sky high and the other side can't return it and have to call a fair catch, that's great. 60-yard punts that are low-line drives, they could be touchdowns. Burnup is punting at 60 yards, but they're high. They're not returnable. Yeah, he had one in that Texas game. I was at a great vantage point. I remember thinking, like, as soon as he kicked it, I was like, that thing's higher than Snoop Dogg's hot air balloon. I mean, that, it was up there. Um, anywho, Jimmy, when we come back, let's talk about the ramifications, win or lose, of this A&M game uh, looking forward. But right now I want to tell everybody about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's cash money, y'all. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Trust me on this. Jimmy and I don't know how to do it. Jimmy was literally being set up to do this podcast by his wife, and he can use FanDuel. The app is easy to use. There's spreads, there's player props, there's over-unders and more. So FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Go to FanDuel slash FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. All you got to do is visit fanduel.com slash locked on and you'll love it. Yeah, people think I'm kidding. Jimmy really was being <laughs> prepped by his Pampered. wife. Like she was putting the Pampered. earphones in his thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I said it, I said it to you off air. I'll say it now. It was like you watching don't have Helen a PA? Keller get ready for a podcast. Um, <laughs> you don't have a PA production assistant. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. I think your checks are getting bigger than mine. They're probably <laughs> right. Uh, but let me say one other thing. I had a guy uh, yesterday. I'm driving. I'm in Ohio, and I get a text from my secretary. Whenever I'm gone, she sends me a text. Says, you know, call so and so about a fountain or whatever. So she said, call somebody in Nashville. So I did, and um, 
he said, hey, look, I'm not calling you about anything to do with Robinson Iron. I'm calling you to tell you how much I enjoy uh, the podcast. And uh, you guys are great and appreciate it. And look, man, it, it warmed the cockles of my heart or the cockles of something. And uh, all my cockles were warmed. And uh, I appreciate That's good news. it. <laughs> Make nothing worse than cold cockles. And um, anywho, uh, yeah, it, 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 I really did appreciate it. And um, it was pretty cool because my son, uh, who is 13, and um, it, he, he has a podcast. He doesn't have a podcast. He's got like a YouTube channel and like with, you know, six followers or something. And he's like, uh, man, he said that, that was that was really nice of him. He goes, you, you must be better at this than I thought. I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the confidence. You um, must be better than this than I thought, <laughs> says your 13-year-old. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I'm really just, you know, father of the year over here. They're, they're really giving them something to look up to. Um, anyway, I do appreciate that, Devin from Nashville. I won't give out your last name or your address. I ended up getting your address and, uh, you know, because I put out a restraining order. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I'm teasing. Um, anyway, uh, Jimmy, ramifications of this game. Yes. They are huge. Big. Uh, now, it's big. Win or now, lose. Let's let's tend like for a minute we were to lose. Okay. I, I know that everybody will go uh, total apocalypse now. On the right. I mean, it'll be just this, this whole season's napalmed. It's not, it, it, why even play anymore? But that's not really true. Correct. If we, if we do lose, I think it's crucial that the, the team and the fan base stay focused because honestly, I, I, I mean this sincerely. I think this is the toughest game left on the schedule. The Jordan hair voodoo notwithstanding. Jordan Hare could be a lot to accomplish. Be, yeah. There'd still There's, be a lot to accomplish, and, including Auburn. Including Auburn. And here's the deal. And if we were to lose, keep in mind, AM still has to play LSU. I think they travel to Baton Rouge. They Correct. have to travel to Tennessee. Correct. Um, and in fact, they travel to Tennessee right after they play us, and Tennessee's got an off week. Uh, they still have to play Ole Miss. At so, Ole Miss. At, at Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's, and they, they still have South Carolina at home. Now look, South Carolina hadn't been great on the road, but um, that, that's not going to be an easy game. And, and South Carolina, while we might not be able to beat them with the intermediate pass, South Carolina could. They've got a good quarterback. Yeah. There's a lot to accomplish, uh, including to say, let's, let's put, put the SEC West aside. Uh, I think there's a lot of Alabama fans that say, hey, look, any season that you can beat Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn, all is not lost. <laughs> you know, you still got those th the three big rival games, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn are all yet to come that could all be wins, could be. So that's one thing. Secondly, you want the young players on the team to improve uh, to have a really big 2024. That's, that's the second thing. But the third thing, and even most importantly, as Luke pointed out, this is probably the toughest game that's left on the schedule. If you get through A&M and you do lose – but you went out, you not possibly, I would go so far as to say you probably win the SEC West if you went out. You probably do. And if you go to Atlanta with a 10 and 2 record and you're 7 and 1 in the SEC, no team with that resume has ever made it to the playoff. But no team in the playoff has ever uh, beaten. 
the two-time defending national champions in the SEC championship game. I would tell you that if a two-loss team ever does make the playoff, it would be in a scenario just like that, where you're beating an undefeated two-time national champion, two-time defending national champion. So I would even argue that while the playoff would be a long shot, it is absolutely not off the table. Though there's other reasons to play besides making the playoff. Like I said, beating LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn in the same year, going to a New Year's Six Bowl, all those things would be awesome, and all those things would be uh, on on the you know on the plate for Alabama uh, should they lose. But should you win, Luke? Luke, if Alabama wins this game, Alabama is solidly, solidly in the national playoff picture with the win on Saturday. Yeah, and you know, a couple of things I did think about. Okay, if you lose and then you win out, even beating Georgia, um, you would feel like that could very well be a playoff team. It, it would be a sticky wicket because um, I remember Penn State beat Ohio State one year, but Penn State had two losses. Ohio State only had one, and uh, Penn State actually won the conference, but Ohio State got in. So you yeah. wonder if they, if Alabama were to do this, lose to A&M, go out, win the SEC title, Georgia's undefeated, Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia probably still gets in is my guess. That's, that's my guess. Assuming that, you know, there's an undefeated Michigan or undefeated Ohio State or whatever, or undefeated Penn State, and then, uh, you know, a Pac-12 team that's probably in there for the <laughs> sympathy slot and uh, maybe Florida State or whatever. Um, so the other thing is, if we were to lose, it's the 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 catch twenty two would be you need a And M to lose two games in the conference, which they can do, but you also need a And M to win all they can. You don't need them to lose more than two because you need that loss to look good. So Correct. now, and one other thing that would be in Alabama's favor is we would need to pull for Texas to win as much as they can, and, which, at, which and I think. Um, and, and Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. you, you want an undefeated Georgia team at the end to give Alabama the steroid shot they would need to jump over some other teams. I mean, you want I could live with Alabama. a one loss because of just the scenario I laid out. Yeah, if there's a one loss Georgia and you beat Georgia, then you you knock them out, and and then maybe you've got the better argument to get in because now they've got two losses, Alabama's got two losses, and the win over Georgia and Atlanta that that might do it. I mean, it might do it. So, uh, man, so. If Alabama wins, Luke, Alabama is solidly in the playoff picture and in a position to feel pretty good about many of the remaining games. Uh, but if Alabama loses, it, the season is not over. It will almost infuriate me because I know it's coming, Luke. And this yeah. is going to infuriate me. So everybody write it down. Oh, Jimmy's going to be infuriated, or however you pronounce that, uh, is because when Alabama loses, we're going to see a lot of, all right, season's over, Milrow experiment over, let's go with Lonergan. Let, let's, I, I, let's season's over. Let's just throw every freshman out there. That's what it's going to yeah, be. And 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 first, I, I'm going to be furious about that because it's so disrespectful to the the current seniors and juniors on the team. For one thing, and secondly, uh, those kids will play when they're ready to play. They'll be ready when Nick Saban and the coaching staff says that they're ready to play. Alabama doesn't throw in the towel or throw in seasons. If people think, do they even know Nick Saban? He's been here 17 years. They don't know Nick Saban. Nick's going to put the team on the field that he gives, that he thinks gives Alabama the best chance of winning the game that week. And if those are freshmen or some freshmen, that's great. Then that's what he believes. But Nick Saban doesn't do things like, throw in the towel and prepare for next year. Uh, anybody that thinks Nick Saban does, 
where have y'all been the last 17 years? That's that's the complete opposite of Nick Saban's DNA. Well, let's hope that it's not something we have to worry about. Let's hope that uh, Alabama can get the big win. We will have our predictions on this game and others tomorrow. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.